0: A lot of different things we're gonna talk about, as always. We'll hit several different topics today. And uh, our website is AFR.net. Our website is AFR.net. You can always download the app on your app store. AFR app on your app store, on your tablet or phone. And that's free, so you can download the AFR app and listen live. You can also catch past shows, including Exposing Washington, there on the app. So various ways to keep up with the show We uh, post the audio of the show on YouTube. We post the audio of exposing Washington on YouTube so you can go there and watch it various ways to access the show. We got our uh, spring charathon coming up in May well now is May we got our spring sherathon coming up this month later this month um, May 19th May 19th through the 21st I believe. So stay tuned for that. The theme is Bring an Awakening, and we were supposed to have our uh, biannual fundraiser, if that's what you want to call it. We call it a share We were supposed to have it uh, last month in April, but uh, because of the, the coronavirus and the economic damage that it's done to many families, we decided to postpone it until May and so, coming up in a few weeks, we'll have our spring Share-a-thon, Bring an awakening. Stay tuned for that. We would love to have your support. The there's a various things going on right now, and it doesn't all have to do with with the coronavirus. Um, one news story that 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 broke this week is really the last of the documents that were released regarding the the political investigation, which that's what it was. It was a very, that's even given it a little too much credibility. But the uh, the witch hunt, is, as President Trump calls it, into his campaign by the Clintons, by the Obamas, by his DOJ, that uh, three to four year political witch hunt uh, into President Trump, then candidate Trump, Some of those documents came out uh, this week, some documents that we really haven't seen yet. We've heard about them, we've just never seen them. And these documents had to do do with Michael Flynn. You know, Michael Flynn is a uh, historically or has been a very well respected uh, military general in Washington, D.C., very good on foreign policy. And he was in the Obama administration. He actually. He actually had had a kind of run in with with Obama's administration on foreign policy things. Then President Trump hired Michael Flynn, even though President Obama told him not to or recommended him not hire Michael Flynn, which I'm glad he did. President Trump hired uh, General Michael Flynn to his administration. I believe he was the national security Advisor in the very early days of the Trump administration. And he ended up getting dismissed from the White House because he got tied up in this FBI investigation. But as it turns out, this entire investigation was illegitimate from the get go. Because the the FBI and the DOJ, they were they were up to their neck in in corruption and in political bias to where to such an extent that this that literally this entire investigation is tainted. There's not one piece of the Mueller investigation, what was at one time the Comey investigation, there's not one piece of it that's legit. It's all corrupted. It's all tainted. Because it's, it's, we, we all know now that the entire purpose of the investigation was 100% political and there was no identifiable crimes from the get-go. And President Trump was asked the question this week whether he would hire Michael Flynn back in the White House. And he said, I'll think about it. We'll see. I think he should because Michael Flynn was really cornered and let go from the White House for really no good reason. So I think the White House should reconsider hiring Michael Flynn back in the West Wing um, or maybe in the State Department or the Department of Defense, because he's a a patriot and and deserves to have his career back um, that the uh, the Obama cronies took from him with the uh, Russian hoax, as it's called. So that came out this week. So we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, President Trump could pardon Michael Flynn, or he may not need to. He may. Michael Flynn may be, uh, General Flynn could be exonerated through the court system without President Trump having to pardon. But nonetheless, General Michael Flynn deserves exoneration, complete exoneration, and he should have his attorney's fees paid for in full from our federal government for the unnecessary uh, strain that's been placed on his life and his finances because of this undue investigation. A couple good news items before we uh, transition back to Washington, D.C. Various states are reopening their economies, thankfully, and relaxing their stay-at-home orders this week and next week and over the next few weeks. And this is a good thing because we have to get our country back to work. We have over 30 million Americans unemployed, which is a travesty to say the least. And we have to get our economy back going again. And I believe that we can get our economy going and we can also protect public health at the same time. Those two um, can go hand in hand. Speaking of reopening the economy, I wanna play clip two here. This is Larry Kudlow, the National Economic Advisor to President Trump, talking about what the Congressional Budget Office is projecting when it comes to recovery timeline in America, clip two, let's listen. I think, let me go to the Congressional Budget Office which has um, bravely and boldly put out forecasts, they're looking for a very significant snapback beginning this summer and into the fall. They're saying the second half of this year uh, real GDP could grow uh, 17, 20 percent, and by the way, they're also looking at a near three percent growth rate for 2021. I believe it and, actually will do better than that, but I think just there and a lot of private sector forecasters, Harris, have similar views to the CBO. Uh, I'm an optimist, President, an on optimist. All of that. Well, there you have it. That's uh, Larry Kudlow talking about the recovery timeline. And it's going to take a while. I mean, we're not talking a, a three-week <laughs> recovery. We're talking a six to 12-month recovery. But our, our economy, from a fundamental standpoint, and I'm not an economist, but I know people who are, and I listen to them, our economy is on pretty solid footing overall, meaning this was not a financial crisis at its core. This was a public health situation. And the public health situation, the results of that caused a lot of supply chain issues, a lot of consumer confidence issues, and, I mean, you just had a lot of things shut down. So that, in return, has caused an economic problem. But the reason I say that this is not, at its core, an economic problem is because that means the recovery is more likely to come sooner as opposed to if this were a fundamental economic issue like an O seven O eight, where we have to get our economic issues in order before we can recover. This is more about getting consumers back in their habits of, of spending and getting businesses back operating so that consumers can go about their daily lives as they see fit. So Larry Kudlow there gives up a, a good timeline about what kind of recovery we're going to see. And the recovery is absolutely needed because many, many Americans are hurting financially because of this. And the financial pain flows over into various aspects of life, emotional, mental, your um, relationship with your family and friends. I mean, this, the, the economic toll is not just about money um people's livelihoods that they've worked for has been destroyed. Um and it, it needs to be restored. It need it's been destroyed and it needs to be restored in an expedited fashion because America didn't ask for the coronavirus. And speaking of the coronavirus, the as we know, China covered this up from the very early days of this virus back in november december we're not exactly sure when the first case of this was because the chinese government's not being transparent but we know it's probably in november or december december for sure could have been as early as november that this virus uh, was released and if you one one side note on where not to get your news the Drudge Report has his, has been, in past years, has been a pretty conservative news outlet. I mean, the, the Matt Drudge, who used to own the Drudge Report, would um, cover things from, from a pretty conservative standpoint. And he would highlight stories that conservatives found interesting. And he would also highlight corruption in, in the Obama administration. And with the Clintons, I think his his first days began, actually, during the Clinton days of the White House. But the Drudge Report has turned into just a Democrat, Democrat propaganda machine, just like the rest of the media. The Drudge Report has turned into the Democrats, just another mouthpiece for the Democrat Party, and the reason I say that is they have this they have this phony story up that claims that there's no evidence that this coronavirus came out of a lab in Wuhan, China. <laughs> but we know that it did. Our own government, our own US intelligence agencies along with the White House, President Trump and others have said that this coronavirus came from the virology lab in Wuhan, China. So, this is a no-brainer. And you add in the fact that the the Chinese, see, this is a problem, is our, our naive and corrupt media, they believe and they parrot the Chinese talking points the Chinese propaganda, which is very concerning. And the Chinese propaganda says that this came out of a seafood, a wet market, seafood is is too nice. This came out of a, a animal wet market in China, in Wuhan, China, and that's where the virus came from. We know that's not true because the bats that this apparently comes from, this virus, they don't even sell those bats in any of those wet markets in Wuhan, China. And so all of the evidence is pointing to this virus came from a lab in Wuhan, China. So anything you see to the contrary is propaganda by the Chinese government and should be treated as such. One other topic, um about talking about the Democrats, the many of you have seen the many of you have uh, been keeping up to date on this Joe Biden scandal, if you want to call it that. And um, you know, I'm not going to get into the weeds of that because it's uh, it would take me 20 minutes. But pretty just to keep it simple, uh, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden has been accused of. Sexual assault, if you want to call it that, or um, inappropriate uh, conduct or touching of uh, back when in his Senate days. And the Democrats have been ducking and denying this, and so has Joe Biden. Well, I want to draw a comparison here that goes back to the Brett Kavanaugh nomination hearings or confirmation hearings where Brett Kavanaugh was accused of something that was, from its onset, completely unbelievable, where you had Dr. Christine Blasey Ford come forth just conveniently, just at the right time, to smear and slander Brett Kavanaugh. And you had all the Democrats saying, we believe her, we believe her no mention of due process. So you have that. Well, now you have Nancy Pelosi defending Joe Biden, defending Joe Biden, which we know Joe Biden has done inappropriate things with women because we've seen it on television. He touches their shoulders, rubs their hair, touches their neck, bends over and smells their hair. And these are women that, some of them, he doesn't even know who they are. It's not like it's his wife or his daughter. So, um, but Nancy Pelosi, so she goes, Nancy Pelosi goes all in for, let's bring down Brett Kavanaugh, let's destroy his life on unfounded allegations. Well, now you have a similar situation with Joe Biden. And here's what Nancy Pelosi had to say with about Joe Biden. She said, quote, I have complete respect for the whole Me Too movement. But there's also due process. Joe Biden is, is Joe Biden. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the Democrats find this thing called due process, even though the past three years they've completely destroyed any sense of due process by falsely accusing President Trump and others Of things that actually never occurred. And this only reiterates or reaffirms what we already know, and that is that the Democrats do not hesitate to have a double standard. They completely embrace this thing called hypocrisy because it helps fit their political narrative and helps them get to the end goal they have, which is power. On China, I'm going to play clip three here. This is a former UN ambassador, uh, former ambassador to the UN for the US, uh, Nikki Haley. She's talking about China and, and we have to, she's talking about how tough we need to be on China, which is what I've been saying for weeks now, for longer than that. Let's play clip three. This is about the fact that China is our number one national security threat. They are increasing their military and that needs to put our military On notice, they've been stealing intellectual property from the very beginning, and the president needs to hold firm that if they do it, we put sanctions and tariffs back on them. They have created a surveillance state. Literally, their people don't know what's going on in the rest of the world unless China approves it. They have a million minorities in concentration camps, making them change their names, change their religion and the way they do things. Well, there you have it. That's Nikki Haley talking about the evils of the Chinese government, and the the thing that concerns me the most is not what China is doing, because the whole world knows what China is up to. What concerns me the most is that we have elected representatives here in Washington D.C. and really across the country and the majority of them have a D by their name. And these elected officials, honestly, I believe that many of them view President Trump as more of a threat than the Chinese government. And you can see that by their actions. Many in the media Many Democrats and even some Republicans have completely let the Chinese government have a pass when it comes to this entire mess that the Chinese government started. Where are the Democrats saying that we need to bring our supply chains, our critical supply chains back to America? Where are the Democrats calling out China for their lies? They're nowhere to be found. And what I'm afraid is going to happen is that our country is going to have a short-term memory, is going to have short-term memory on this virus and how it started, and we're going to completely forget where it came from. And the issues we faced in the early days of this virus with the supply chain breakdown. And the problem with with not remembering that and forgetting where this all began and the issues that, that began it, the problem with forgetting that is we're not going to learn and we're not going to alter our behavior to protect the homeland. And you have many in Washington who do not view China as a threat. Even though Nikki Haley just said, China is our number one enemy. And they should be viewed as such. They should absolutely be viewed as such. There's other legislation that. The, uh, the Congress is considering, and we don't know many details about it, but we know a few things about what they're considering. And one of the considerations is a financial package which aids or in some cases bails out different states and localities. And this has been talked about for weeks now because you have various states across the country and cities as well that have had their tax revenue slashed because of, uh, of these different lockdown measures. And that we need to approach this with caution. And here's why. There are certain states and cities who actually handle their, their finances and their budgets well, and most of these states are red states, conservative states, Republican states, where they balance their budget. They don't spend more than they have. I'm talking generally here. But when you go out to some of these blue states like Illinois, Illinois, when you go up to New York, to California, and various others, they uh, they were in financial, uh, they had financial issues before the coronavirus, and so I think our Congress needs to be very careful not to reward bad behavior. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is. These states and localities need to be able to prove that the aid that they're receiving, the bailout that they're receiving, is directly going to replenish the accounts from coronavirus-related losses instead of sending money to states that had financial issues to begin with and then bailing them out only for them to repeat this. While Congress can print money, and it's not a good thing, the states cannot print money. And that is a good thing. Why? Because it forces the states to actually be accountable to budgets and to the taxpayers. And if the federal government begins making a habit of bailing out states with no discretion, then states are going to begin the reckless spending habits, some already have, but the rest will follow, the reckless spending habits of Washington, D.C., and we've seen how horrible this has been. And so, basically, we don't need the printing press to be transferred down to the state level. States need to continue to operate in a responsible manner when it comes to their budgets. So, I'm not 100% opposed to an aid package to states and localities. But what I am 100% opposed to is sending money, sending truckloads of money to states and then them spend that money on things that have nothing to do with the coronavirus, like bailing out their pension plans, their state pension programs. That is what I'm opposed to. Flying over to California... Gavin Newsom has still has a stay-at-home or shelter-at-home order in place in California, and some localities, some cities along the West Coast on the beach there decided to open the beaches up so that, so that families could come play on the beach since they can't go anywhere else. And that just made Gavin Newsom, the governor there, so mad (laughs) that now he was threatening, now he is threatening to shut down all beaches and state parks in the entire state of California. This is the type of tyranny and overreach that we are seeing from Democrats all across the country where we transition from let's slow the spread to let's keep our country locked down for six months. And the American people are not going to go for it. And we're seeing that in with protests across the country, and I hope those continue. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Check out our website, AFR.net. We'll be back next week.